goodbyes make you think. They make you realise what you've had. What you've lost and what you've taken for granted. And you'll always realise the Puma templates were beep, beep. This is our end of season kit review. Welcome back, listener or listeners. If there's two of you sat together, I hear that some people do do it in couples or even some, some threesomes out there. Who's joining us this week? Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, footy shirts, here as usual. Tom at The Shirt Fan. And Scott at Flying Scotty. And I'm Adrian at Football Chatelier. Welcome back, Scott. We've recovered in time from COVID in time to watch Scotland take on Ukraine tonight. Yeah, and hopefully by the time this goes out, we will be on the way to meet Wales in the playoff final. Mm. Depressed, isn't it? You know, speaking with Yarmolenko, look, he's in again. Great run. Yarmolenko, if he could bring this under control, he can! And he scores! Andrei Yarmolenko! They'll be checking it! And he's waiting to see if it's a goal for Ukraine and a moment for Ukraine. Okay, on that note, let's move on to the usual (laughs) weekly news. So this week was all about Puma and international kit releases. Who's got something to say on on that? I've got a few things to say on that one. There's a, there's a few worth talking about. The main ones I think worth looking at really are the World Cup releases really, I suppose. Switzerland, Ghana, Morocco, Senegal. I believe Uruguay as well was one of the ones that will be at the World Cup. Pick the bunch from me out of those ones, probably Uruguay with uh, with Senegal, uh, sorry, Ghana just behind some, some good shirts. Probably the best of a few released this week by Puma, which haven't had the best reception really a few of them have been a bit a bit bit damp to be quite frank but yeah you guys any any that catch your eye i think just the uruguay for me as well i'm not not a big fan of i like the return of the retro puma logo but i think i mean iceland is horrendous <laughs> and uh, the moroccan one was all right with the throwback had the the rectangular chest piece like the old ones but yeah, Uruguay looks nice, but the rest of them are horrendous for me, unfortunately. Yeah, the honeymoon period's over with that Iceland kit, isn't it? They've been knocking out some pretty good shirts until this year. Yeah. I have to say, I quite like the Morocco one, like you said, Scott. I like the throwback design. goes back to that kind of area, and, and I know AD's going to hate it, but those Lazio kits around 98, 99 as well, I think it's really nice. But um, Yeah, it's like, the, it's like the World Cup 98, isn't it? That's where, where they had those Moroccans on shore. Yeah, Youssef Chippo. And who was the other one at Coventry? Was the other guy? Mustafa Haji. Haji. That's it, yeah. Classic. Classic Haji was better at Villa. (laughs) I'll take your word for that, Mike. He wasn't. (laughs) Anyway, that's enough about those. I'm sure we'll do a World Cup special closer to the time. And I think we've got a couple of nice things lined up for everybody. But there is one Puma release this week that I don't know, I think is unanimously regarded as terrible. And it's Italy who've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous with their last Puma effort, which obviously they won Euro 2021. And now we have this horrendous quartered shirt, which I did read a little bit about on the press release. Apparently the quarters represent Italy's four World Cup wins. Each quarter, one of the four triumphs they had, which is terrible guff to try and explain a terrible shirt design, in my opinion. I was going to say none of the World Cup wins were that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think the shirt represents how bitter Puma are about the move to Adidas. It's a definite up yours, isn't it? Definitely. There's no other reason to to spit that out. It's a terrible shirt all around, isn't it? I, I've seen a few people say that they think the collar is is all right, but I even think the collar is beep, to be honest. I think the shirt itself, it reminds me of like an old secondary school rugby shirt that just... There's, you'd just you'd buy it from sort of some sort of school tog shop in town, and they would have your your school like badge embroidered on it. It's bloody awful. See, I, I think the collar is ter- shocking. It reminds me of those JD Sports fan shirts you get. You know, would just stick a tricolor on it or in a badge and call it a World Cup shirt. The tailoring of it's awful, but do you know what? I really hope we see something about tricolor type trim from adidas you know we saw it in the uh, late 80s early 90s italy shirts and if we get that on a cuff or done li- nicely on a collar i think i'll go down a treat i tell you what i reckon there's somebody that works for puma that, uh, that's got a job at adidas and they've gone right the easiest way to make the first italy adidas shirt look amazing is to put this out because it's so <laughs> bad that no matter what adidas come up with it's gonna look better than that <laughs> We've seen it badged up as well in the last few days, haven't we? During the final against or final finalissimo final against Argentina, what do people think of the badged up version? Any better? I love a badged up shirt as well. Even that didn't save it. It's awful. Uh, I think I think it somehow it even looks worse badged. Uh, I, d- I don't know why, but it. I, I'm unlike you, Scott. I'm not necessarily even one who's who's a lover of shirts that have been badged up. So I'm, I've never usually got an opinion one way or the other. But somehow. It looks worse. I, I personally have a theory, and that's that they thought the best thing to do after all those Puma thirds was to release something even worse. So they've dropped this on us in hope we forget about what they've done previously. Do you think it is worse than the Puma thirds? I think it is. I think it is. Because yeah, I would have. I would have that the the away one that they had at the Euros with the tiny badge. I would have had that long before I have it, this one for sure. Listen, some people do like the shirt. We've had some feedback on Twitter about people that like it. And we always say a winning shirt makes a shirt great. So if they have a great Nations League campaign, perhaps it'll be a great shirt. <laughs> but not going to win a World Cup in it, are they? Just really quickly as well, we've seen another version of that new Nike template released this week. And it was a big one with Barcelona's home shirt coming out. Again, it seems to have been split in opinion online, but I actually really like it. We've kind of got like throwback colour scheme to that early 2000-ish Barcelona team of Rivaldo and the darker red and blue that we've seen in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I think this template, really is going to be hit and miss depending on which kit we see i think there's going to be some real duds in this template and we're also going to see some really nice shirts too so interesting that a template can cause such a vast reaction and as rob always used to say no such thing as a bad template just a template done badly that wraps up the news for this week let's move on to kit history Kid history, kid history, we haven't made it up. Kid history, kid history, we read it on Wikipedia. So this week I've brought it back to the Premier League um, and I've gone with West Ham. 
So most know that West Ham were formed as the Thames Ironworks, and that was basically a works team for a shipbuilding company by the same name. And in the first few years playing, they wore a few different kit variations. So they became West Ham when they turned professional, and this is where the Claret and Blue kits then came in. So basically, what it's believed that they wear Claret and Blue after a coach at the club by the name of William Dove was challenged to a race with four Aston Villa players at a fair in Birmingham. What the Villa players didn't know is that William Dove was a professional sprinter. So inevitably, he then won that race. The four Villa players, none of them could actually pay the wager that had been set. So one of them offered to pay what essentially was their bet debt with a full set of claret and blue kits because Aston Villa, it was his responsibility for washing the kit. With William Dove being a coach at West Ham and his son was even a player there, he thought, well, that would be a good idea. You know, back then, I'm sure kits weren't particularly cheap and easy to come by. Villa were a successful team. Claret and blue were regarded as a, as a successful colour. So he took the kits and then basically that's where it, it went from. And, and from then on, West Ham were always known as the second best team in claret and blue. This story has been told by a few different people as being how the claret and blue came about. I'd, I'd be interested to hear if any West Ham fans have got an alternate story because there's, there's often some, but I'm, I'm sticking with this. It's a hell of a story. I hope it is true because it's so random. So, so actually, it does link in too. So one of the Villa players paid the debt by handing back a whole set of kit. But one of the other Villa players, his name was Mark Bubbles. And he repaid the debt by letting the coach give him a job. And that's where the song I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles comes from. <laughs> uh, it gets worse every week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So this week we thought it'd be really great to wrap up the 2021-22 season kits, have a look back fondly and maybe less fondly on some of the shirts and some of the incidents in the kit news and just reflect on what I think was a strong year, but we'll see. So first off, in terms of the categories, we're going to go with best kits. Gents, give me a shout each for your best kit of 21-22. So I debated on my choice for a long time because... And the reason I ch- the reason I went with the non Man United shirt was so my one of my favourite kits this year was the Man United away shirt. I thought the design was nice by itself, but ultimately it's a throwback to the nineteen ninety two away, which obviously for a, a United fan I'm very fond of. But then I thought about the Liverpool away shirt, which I really don't care about. I think it's boring and not that nice but I know that Liverpool fans absolutely love it for that throwback element so it kind of got me thinking about rival team shirts and I think it was City's I really liked City's third shirt last year that that the dark the dark blue and black one with a gold pattern through it and what it made me think was that if it's if a rival's going to have a good shirt it needs to be a good shirt it can't be something like a throwback element. Somebody that isn't a fan isn't going to care about that club's throwback. So that made me think that maybe my love for the United away shirt was a little bit of that fan bias because of the throwback element. So for that reason, the shirt I'm putting forward for the shirt of the year is the 
LA Galaxy away shirt or the community shirt as they call it which again it has a throwback element so I'm sure the LAFC fans that have been hardcore fans for what four years will not like it but it's to me it's just a great shirt again the authentic version is is much superior to the stadium version but that's been discussed to death the MLS shirts they uh, yeah it's got the five stars on the badge and I really like the color the black and green color which is the throwback element to the the 96 shirt so that's my shirt of the year my reasons for picking it great nomination I love the fact you spent more time talking about Man United shirts during that piece than the actual shirt that you want to nominate Scott you never change Mike what you got so unlike Scott I gotta be honest I didn't think about it all too much I kind of went with a bit of a gut feeling although I did have one change of heart because initially my the first shirt I reverted to was the Atlas shirt by Charlie from the Lucha Libre special edition kits um, I think that was a uh, probably overall my favorite set of kits from throughout the year but ultimately when I really started to think about it I think that I really do believe that the best shirt of this season just gone was the Bayern third shirt, the Alpine shirt, as some people call it. Everything about it is just absolutely stunning. It's a bespoke design, which obviously Bayern usually get. That's that's pretty standard for them. But it's like nothing we'd ever seen on a Bayern shirt before. It's 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 just in a league of its own. There's not really a lot I can I can say about it. I think the the only way you can do this shirt justice if you've never seen it is by simply looking at it. And I'm sure we'll probably share some pictures, you know, after we've recorded of all the shirts that we're picking. And I got a feeling it'll be a popular one. But yeah, for me, no, nothing beats it. It's it's number one for me. Yeah, good choice. I was uh, that was another one. I was on the fence with a, with a few and. The Bayern third was definitely up there. I think it's amazing. So I went for something. I, I actually changed my mind as well, a bit like you both did. And initially I, I picked out the Inter home shirt. Again, I, I'm just a big fan of, of the design. It's another bespoke kit. But then I, also, I, I changed my mind because I thought, you know, a lot of the time when we talk about football kits, especially older ones, retro shirts, we often think, what do we like those kits because of how they look or because it reminds us of, of a certain time or a certain player or a success? And I thought, you know, Inter, they've not really done anything this year. So that shirt probably won't be remembered too fondly by their support. So instead, I've gone for a shirt which I really liked at the start of the year, but also it's had massive success. So I think it will be collectible in the future. And that's uh, Real Madrid's home shirt from Champions League final against Liverpool. And it's a, it's a smart shirt in, in its own right, I think. You know, it's a Real Madrid shirt, so white, obviously, but the blue and orange trim, I really like. It's a small throwback to that Real Madrid shirt when they won La Decima, the 10th temp, Champions League title. And on the on the authentic pattern, certainly it has the... Inspired by a, a plaza in Madrid where they celebrate all their title wins. So, you know, they lifted the Champions League proudly there again at the end of this season. I just think... Going forward, it'll be highly collectible and it's a shirt that I definitely admire now. Newly added to Rob Fletcher's Champions League winning collection as well. So like you, Tom, I'm personally going to go for a winning shirt. This one started off a shirt as a season at the beginning of the year and it cemented its place at the end of the year. And that, of course, is the Roma home shirt winning the first ever Europa Conference League title. European prize winners for the very first time. Jose has cracked it again. The first winners of the UEFA Europa Conference League. 
but seriously, I am going to go for, and I've changed my mind a couple of times during the year, but I'm going to go for the Bari special kit, which was designed in conjunction with LC23. So it's a Kappa, it was a Kappa throwback, but more to a Real Batiste Barcelona throwback during the 90s. But it features some really cool details in it, you know, octopus pattern throughout, which was local to the region. And it is a successful shirt because Bari have been promoted this year and they're back into Serie B. So although they drew nil-nil the one occasion that they wore the kit, it's a promotion winning shirt as such. And um, for me, that's just a fantastic shirt and one of my favourite pickups over, over recent years, to be honest. Is anyone surprised by anyone else's choices? I'm quite surprised none of us said the Parma Kids Hospital shirt. That one's amazing. If you'd asked me a few months ago, would have been a one I went for. I'm also conscious of the fact we're probably going to hold a poll on this and I like winning things and I know people like that Barry shirt more. <laughs> I'm quite surprised by the Real Madrid choice. I don't dislike the shirt, but I don't love it. I don't know if that just comes from my... I, I generally feel a bit meh about Real Madrid as a club and, and their, their home shirts in general. Now, they've had some good shirts over the years, but... Yeah, I think that that out of the four of us, that's probably the one that would surprise me that you've you've chosen that one. I should say, genuinely, it's not a dig at Liverpool either. I, I really liked it when it came out. I think the authentic version has it, that pattern on it is great, and I just think in terms, you know, in ten twenty years time, I think that shirt will be remembered for Benzema's run. You know, that incredible form he had in the in the Champions League, and yeah, I think it's one that I will regret not having. I think. I think success at the time gets underestimated in terms of collectible shirts because if you think about if you think about things in the like in the future and you look back on a shirt there's a lot to do with success i mean look at all the sh- look at mainly the shirts that are collectible mike you'll be able to have an opinion on this too because you like a, an obscure player on your shirts Whereas a lot of the a lot of the more sought after shirts now are World Cup winning shirts or your Zidane's or your so you you're right Tom if you think about what Benzema's done this year and if he wins the Ballon d'Or you know it'll just cement that shirt because most of his amazing Champions League performances were in that shirt. He's and I mean it'll be interesting to see where we go with a short game in 10 15 years because they're making so many more than they did in the past but it's like everything people wear them people wash them people throw them out when they get old when they get too tattered so it'll it'll be interesting to see how easy it will be in 10 years to go oh do you know what I really wish I'd had that 2022 Real Madrid winning shirt and and see how many there will be kicking about in 10 15 years for me what the, the way I always think about it is I think that success makes a shirt iconic whereas a shirt can be great without the success you've nailed it on the head there I think an iconic moment and success can elevate average shirts because of what they did in them as opposed to like you said it being a standalone beautiful shirt if somebody does something amazing in it, all of a sudden it becomes an iconic shirt that people want, even though it's maybe not the prettiest to look at. 
So we're all agreeing that Roma shirt from this season is going to be a, a classic of the future. On that note, let's move away from the great shirts <laughs> that, we, that we've enjoyed and let's think of some of the most more notorious moments over the last 12 months in the kit news. Who's going first? I'll jump in if you want. I think w- the one I'd like to bring up was the, we're talking about notorious moments. It's a massive fail from the, the Newport Can- County and Hummel kit that was made in collaboration with Goldie looking chain. Come out with your hands on your head, turn the rap music off and step away from the stereo. Put the rap album down. This particular one basically was a giant chavtastic Burberry shirt. The problem being it was a massive copyright breach. So Burberry threatened legal action. And let's face it, Newport County are not going to go toe to toe in a courtroom with Burberry because there's only one way that's going. So it was pulled. But I did have a quick look at this before I came on, actually. The official line is actually that Hummel said there was actually production issues on that shirt due to COVID-19. I think that might be a little bit of a, a pork pie on that one, but yeah, I think that's a, a great story. I think that'll be uh, probably made the few shirts that crept out a bit collectible as well. So those shirts do still pop up from time as well, don't they? I think there's a few people out there I see recently picked them up. Yeah, they're, they're a few a few were sold. The, the shirt actually went on sale. I've seen a few on, on the shirt X threads and stuff, to be honest, as well, um, at least one or two. But uh, yeah, they, they basically got pulled after the release. So I'm not sure. Obviously, I ain't got a clue how many were sold and, and how many are out there. But some some collectors will have them. And they're the sort of shirts that we all know in, in a few years, although they, although they were never worn. When there's a good story behind why they were never worn, they become quite collectible. So... So what you're saying, Mike, is COVID doesn't kill football shirts. Lawsuits do. Oh, that, that's superb stuff. <laughs> so nobody else is going to offer up anything else instead? Uh, I, I've got one, actually, or I think I've got two. So it, it, was a, it wasn't a spectacular year by any means in Barcelona, but they did have two big kit fails this year. One of them, I've been struggling actually a little with why this happened. But remember that time when Ferran Torres came out for the second half and he didn't have the Nike logo on his, I think it's the third shirt, isn't it? The Barcelona third shirt. And yeah, yeah the he, European home. Oh, the European home. Ah, right. Yeah. But yeah, he came out and there was no Nike logo on his shirt. And I, I, I'm, I admit, I'm struggling to find out why that happened. I'm not sure they ever got an answer for it. I think it was like a spare, apparently it was a spare kit that just wasn't printed up, but because there was all kinds of rumors going around about he wouldn't wear it because it was Nike or something. But I mean, obviously that's not true because he wore them for the rest of the season. I'm not, I'm not sure how, and I mean, yeah, okay, it was an authentic shirt, but I'm pretty sure that they would be delivered to the club with a Nike badge already heat pressed. I don't think the kit man has to heat press the, the Nike that- logo on it. Yeah, that 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 was what I was gonna say because it does almost give an implication that that the club are pressing all of the details onto the shirt, and that just surely can't be the case. It must just be a complete one-off oddity that just managed to to slip through the net. I mean, we knew times nobody... were tough at Barcelona, but you know, Christ, to not be coming out <laughs> in the right kit is one thing. <laughs> nobody probably even noticed. That's just the kind of stuff that. Our, you know, Twitter and the internet absolutely love is that as soon as there's a close-up, somebody's like, oh, 
<laughs> wouldn't be the first time this season Ferran Torres has missed the mark either, would it? Well, we had Steve Hooper on, didn't we? The Swindon Town kit man. He told the story about a Swindon player that didn't even notice his own name was spelled incorrectly on the back of his shirt and still wore it and went out and played and didn't say a word. Obviously, the second Barcelona mishap. I think we're all fans of this shirt, actually. They're away shirt. They're kind of Palmer Violet away shirt with the iridescent badges. So initially, when they were due to wear that, again, in the Champions League, they, they weren't allowed to because I think UEFA had regulations that forbid iridescent logos. So they actually wore their Senyera kit, which has got to be the longest running kit in football at the top tier. It's yeah, like, the third season now or something. Something like that. I mean, Messi wore Might it, even be the fourth. He's been yeah. long gone. So they did have to wear that. But then, so they, they couldn't wear their away kit in Europe. But then eventually they were allowed to wear it. And UEFA made allowances for the iridescent badges. But they had to make other changes to the kit. So they weren't allowed any text on the side stripes of the kit, which is prevalent on all those night designs. And they weren't allowed the iridescent seams that that away kit had. But the badges was okay. So, you know, they turned out in a Nike shirt without the Nike logo. And then they turned out in a Nike shirt that they weren't allowed to wear. So... Tom, are you 100% sure on this story? Well, this is as true as I think it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I'm happy to be when corrected. Did, if I'm not happy when to be did, corrected, do your own podcast. <laughs> when did they wear it? It was definitely banned because of the badge. But when did they re-wear it? There was a, who was it they were playing? And it, the, the red and the yellow would have clashed. So, Galatasaray. So, so that was Galatasaray. Yeah, they couldn't wear any kits. So did they wear it at any time in its pure form with the stripes on the side, the iridescent badge? Everything. Did, were, were they never? They never. Not in Europe. Not in Europe. They weren't allowed to. Okay. Does it count if the the Barcelona legends wore it in its purest form? Because I did see him <laughs> wear it. <laughs> I did see him wear it at Anfield. Actually, I saw Rivaldo took a penalty away wearing it. I'll take that. <laughs> for anybody wondering, I'm going to go for. Let me take you back to the African Cup of Nations. Comoros, our favourite African team apart from other teams that we liked as well, so we don't offend anybody, were taking on Cameroon in knockout phases. Both their goalkeepers came down with COVID. Very unfortunate. Luckily, they're both okay. They couldn't play. So who do they turn to? They turn to left-back Chaka Alahuda, who played an absolute blinder in goal. The only problem was they printed up all the kit, understandably, with the first two goalkeepers' names and numbers on it. So they had to alter this kit for Chaka with masking tape uh, sock tape should I say so they put the number on for him his number three and his name across the back of the goalkeeper shirt in sock tape which looked amazing FIFA then fined them for this even though it's completely out of their control and I've subsequently learned actually asked for them to have the shirt as well so they could put it in the FIFA museum after finding them for it which I think is ridiculous but um, but there we go I thought that was quite a nice, nice sort of like notorious moment well, they say that outfield players can't go in goal, but Chaka can. Oh. <laughs> They'll be knocking up fake match warns of it. Spock will be in there. <laughs> getting the tape out now. And then complain. It won't be the first name set that comes off after one wash, will it? Look at what I've seen on Twitter. Uh, so we've done the good we've done the bad or notorious in terms of the ugly we all agree and it's Puma template third template yeah 100% and there was a club that that really took the piss for the template this year 
and it was Borussia Dortmund. The, the level of mess around that came about with such a poor shirt that has ultimately probably created a slightly collectible product down the line as well. But unbelievably, they've managed to have four versions of the Puma template in each one as terrible as the other with a story. So the, it starts off with the Puma did their big YouTube release, which Dortmund fans who are obviously known for being very passionate and very set in their ways, rejected the template so much so that it, that it actually never got used in its original form. They, they downright rejected the fact that the shirt did not have a badge. So the original Puma template that is available on Amazon, I believe still, never saw never saw a football pitch. So that could go down as a band or a cancelled shirt for those that collect them. So what they then did was they created a debossed badge that was, it, it was a clear debossed badge. So in the place where a normal football badge would be off to the left, um, and it was stamped into the shirt, that shirt was actually, still, they weren't happy with it, but they wore it for the first Champions League game. So the group stage one against away to Besiktas, they wore version number two with the debossed badge. Now, those shirts are probably the hardest to get at the moment because they were released by the club shop, thinking everything would be okay, ultimately got rejected again. And all they did was they, they just... The third version is uh, a version with a badge printed over the debossed badge. So if you were trying to get one that was debossed and you ordered it slightly too late, what the club were doing without your permission was just printing the badge over the debossed badge. So that ultimately that is probably the most difficult one to get, the, the one that was worn for one game only. They then proceeded to wear the third version for the rest of the terrible Champions League campaign that they ultimately got knocked out of and then went into the Europa League. And they decided to mark the occasion of getting kicked out by second place in the SPL Rangers with their 1,000th game at their stadium. So they released... You'd think that this would be quite simple, but they also made a backside of this as well so there was a special badge that had thousand spieler and an outline of the stadium with the date on it for the home game against rangers and they released it again from the website but they printed the patch on the right hand side of the shirt where usually a normal logo would be and then it's all the all the dortmund fans uh, bought the shirt andy at forbidden shirts was cursing at this when it happened um, so he bought the shirt, and then they all marched out onto the pitch, and the, they'd put the they'd put the patch somewhere else on the players' kits. So the the kit the, the patch went under the badge on the kit that the players wore. So the shirt you bought in the shop isn't actually the same as the the shirt that was worn on the pitch. So I don't know if you can class that as a fifth version, but they ultimately took the piss with their template and and. Potentially, you could buy four different versions. Five if you get a match worn. There you go. Five versions of the god awful Puma template. So that's, I mean, it's that's got to be a kit mishap because I, I don't think there's ever been a roller coaster ride of five versions of 
the worst shirt of the year. <laughs> I was I was just going to say it, it it wouldn't be so bad if the kit wasn't so bad. A few people may have seen I've posted on my my socials and so on. I I picked one up when they went onto one of the Amazon deals recently, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a chance. Everybody says they're so much nicer in hand. And I was, I, I got it, I opened it, and I thought, well, that's total lies because they're absolute <laughs> dog shit. They're awful. They're, yeah. the, the fit was quite nice, that I will say, but the, the version I've got is the completely badge, badgeless version, the, the original one. I've got it in the, the authentic, the, the Puma sort of like player fit. And okay, the, the fit is, is quite nice and everything, but honestly, how many of us buy a football shirt for the way it fits? We don't. We buy a football shirt for the way it looks. And that that shirt, there is no justification for four, possibly five variations of it. And that authentic came with officially the worst boxed shirt ever. It was literally a skittery brown plain box <laughs> with, a, with a sleeve that said BVB on it. And that... you, want to talk, you want to talk about own goals. So not only do I have the worst boxed authentic shirt in football history that is and inside is it not only the worst football shirt in history but on the back I now have Man City's best <laughs> player in Erlen Haaland so it is officially the worst shirt in my collection by a country mile <laughs> So if, if Puma are comfortably the worst manufacturer this year, just based on those third shirts, I, I think we can also maybe just say a little bit that their necklines on, on some of their other templates this year were also horrendous. And that serves a yeah. mention for being a, the a poor touch. The authentic, like the city home and the AC home, that, that the, the neckline is, is bizarre. I mean, it's, mm. It's like there's no finish on it. It's like it's the end of the fabric. Instead of usually where a neckline would go, they've just, oh, we'll just stitch this closed. And it's like a, yeah, it looks really, really unfinished. It's, it, it almost looks like a, you know, it looks like, remember that terrible fashion phase in the early 2000s where folk were going to Magaluf and that with them, them really deep V-neck kind of cotton shirts that you got out of Top Man. That's what it looks like. Free for a tenner. Free for then, good days, good days. <laughs> I can, I can tell oh, oh, that sh what that shirt reminds me of with that collar. If if anybody gets this this comparison, it reminds me of Hulk Hogan's vest that he used to rip off because they used to remove the seam to make it easier for him to tear. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks like someone is going to Hulk out and just rip it off their chest. It's terrible. <laughs> but good shout there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, he got the wrestling thing. in there <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say that I, I think whilst we're talking about worst manufacturer just as a small little end to this I would like to put forward Emporio Armani as a possible as the worst mm. manufacturer of the season Puma did do those awful templates with some terrible terrible necklines but Armani had one team to cover and they royally fucked the whole thing. So for me, they're, they're up there as well. If not, maybe they've even just picked them for worst manufacturer. And actually, even worse, did Amani even design those kits? Didn't they just <laughs> rebadge and reskin some cap? Yeah. 
gear in the end, which, yeah, that's that's shocking. But I don't think you could even count that as manufacturing. They didn't do bugger all. And not only that, they almost ruined the legacy of their greatest ever player by producing <laughs> the three worst <laughs> tribute shirts I've ever seen. I mean, you can stick that in a box and number it all you like, but they are awful. Absolutely awful. So if, if, if that's the worst, our opinion on the worst manufacturers, who do we think has had the best year? I think if, we, if we're talking about best, I'd probably throw, for me, a bit of a curveball in. And I mentioned them earlier when we were chatting, and I would say possibly Charlie. I think they've, they've across the board, thrown out some really, really good shirts this year. I think the quality of them certainly surprised me when I bought my first one for my collection. I think that almost everything they do is bespoke. There's no, there appears to be, I could be corrected on this one, happy to be if I'm wrong, there appears to be no difference between the shirts that we're buying and the ones that the players are wearing. So I think if you look at every aspect of the kits that they're throwing out, I think they're easily up there for me this season with the strongest of manufacturers. And again, just touching on it, those those Lucha Libre specials that they did, I just think as a set, were as good as any set that any manufacturer has put out for me, probably in the last 10 years, let alone just this season. Charlie taking the football terraces by storm and the, the shirts are not too bad either. But uh, Scott, what, what manufacturers impressed you? Well, yeah, I would have to agree with, I think Charlie are doing good stuff. I mean, the, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I love the Tijuana shirts that they did for the Star Wars. And they also, their MLS, the or the, it's the MLS All-Star game, but they played the League MX All-Stars. And that was a really, really good shirt as well that Charlie produced for them too. Um, I'm having trouble pinpointing one in particular because I think there's a lot of my favorite shirts this year aren't all of the same make. And I think there's a few, like Nike would be an easy one to say, but for me, the reason Nike don't get it is because the stadiums were so bad this year. A lot of my favorite shirts have been Adidas, the Bayern, um, third, the Bayern Oktoberfest, the, the United away, the LA Galaxy away. So I think Adidas did a good job. I thought Kappa, I thought Kappa brought out quite a few really nice shirts this year. But then so did Era as well. I mean, that, that Parma shirt that Era did was, was great. And they really don't do, you know, Era seemed to do bespoke shirts as well for the teams that they do and they, they yeah they, they they've done quite a few nice shirts this year so I was finding it difficult to, to pinpoint it down to one so I've, I think I, I, I definitely agree with you on the Nike thing I don't think they've had a good year but they definitely can't win manufacturing just for the consumer base the, the, the difference in price and quality of those shirts is horrific so yeah I agree I don't think they can win it I, I I completely agree with you, Kappa. I mean, they've got to be applauded for Venezia and those Bari shirts that AD mentioned earlier. But one I'd yeah. throw into the ring would be uh, Macron, who I think have consistently, consistently even, provided really solid kits across the board for a couple of years now. And they do seem to be going from strength to strength. I, I particularly like, you might have seen it on AD's Twitter, the, the Bologna shirt with the really nice bespoke brick pattern in the, on there. And yeah. Verona, again, they may be lesser lights in terms of big football clubs, but that Verona shirt, both the home and the third, it's green. It has some beautiful like Renaissance pattern throughout the sleeves and in the body of the material. And it's really similar to those Puma Italy Renaissance shirts that everyone loved. Obviously, Verona doesn't get quite the same 
love as the Azuri. But yeah, I think Macron definitely deserves a shout as well. That specific I, I, shirt they did from the Canadian League was really good as well. Yeah, I do you know what I I would say if if we were if we were doing most improved for me, I was certainly throw it Macron's way. Um I've not I've never been a big fan, obviously I've chatted to you guys before about my, my thoughts on Macron. It's hard because three or four years of the worst kits in Villa's history were supplied by by Macron. And you tend to prejudge manufacturers based on on what you know. But then, yeah, recently I've, I've looked at a few more of the bits they've done, as you say, some of the stuff that's been shared. And, and I think improvement-wise, there's definitely – I don't think anybody comes close to them. Some of the stuff they're, they're kicking out is is fantastic now, for sure. And like you said, again, the, the Villa connection with Kappa, I do like Kappa. I think they've had a, a good couple of years, to be fair. I'm going for my manufacturer of the year's jump, man, because that shirt-short <laughs> combo is never, it's never going to be beaten. <laughs> as a Bull, as a as a Bulls fan and a Michael Jordan fan, you, that combo will never be beaten. So that's who I'm going for, jump man. <laughs> all all of these all of these decisions we're going to chuck out on polls, and we'll see who does come out best rather than yes. Yeah, so so don't worry, jump man won't win. <laughs> <laughs> but I think AD is is combusted after the Puma third talk. But we're going to plow on, and we are now going to move on to Kit Room 101. I give up. An absolute disgrace. I am flabbergasted. Analyzer to the coach, come on. Shocking. I am. I am disgusted with it. Hello, everyone. My name is Pete Hammond, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Whole Beach Legend. Now, you might remember me last year. I had my five minutes of fame when it came to the uh, Euros and football shirt collection. Got drafted in for BBC Breakfast, uh, the local news. Sunday Mirror and a few local media outlets. So, yeah, I am that famous Pete Hammond. Anyway, so what am I chucking in Kit Room 101? Well, do you know what it is for me? Score draw shirts. And it it might not be for the reason that you're thinking of, because believe me, I can't really stand them. And they're fine, you know, if you want to wear them, all good. But as a true collector, they're not for me. I, I don't like that they get passed off as proper shirts. Now, the thing that really, really irks me with these is when you're having a search on eBay or Vinted or Depop, whatever it might be, and someone's put that they're an authentic replica and you've got one of these unbranded shirts, score draw or whoever, and, and, they're, and they're just not, are they? You know, they've got no brand logo on there. There's no Umbro, there's no Adidas or whatever the brand is. And, and they're just, just sitting there, just clogging up my search feed and taking up my time because someone's put them as an authentic. Anyway, the other thing that I really don't like and really gets me up with these ones is when people iron on the logos. All right, so you've got a vintage shirt and you iron on a modern-day Umbro logo onto it. Come on, mate, it's a score-draw shirt. There's no need for that. You're just messing us all around. Anyway, that's the true reason why I want score-draw and unbranded shirts in in kit room 101. That is a very interesting submission. I've certainly got my thoughts on it, but do you guys want to potentially go first? Well, this one's controversial, isn't it? Because in the good old Twitter feud days and... uh rest in peace a couple of the accounts that aren't with us anymore you used to have very strong opinions on what people's others opinions of score draws but for i mean yeah for, i understand where he's coming from and for me I, I agree they're not they're not authentic replicas because we've seen it happen before um, psg just released the the 92 93 shirts and there was no Nike logo on them. Um, 
but I've seen it as well. I recently shared on Twitter the Adidas did a throwback for a few teams in 2008, and one of them was the Dutch. They did the Ipswich template re-release to to commemorate the 88 win. But randomly for that one, because Holland were being produced by Nike at the time, then Adidas couldn't put the Dutch badge on the shirt. So they released the exact replica of the 88, but without the Dutch badge. So it had the Adidas badge and the pattern and everything, but no but no logo. So yeah, I think I think if you're gonna do it either way, you need to have the rights to be able to do the whole shirt for me. I love a throwback. You know, Man United just did the 90s Adidas shirts, love them, but they've got the designer logo and the pa- and the badge on them. So that I'm all for. But f- for me personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy a score draw. I don't think score draws will be collectible in the future just because they're they are what they they're in a category of their own. They're not football shirts. They're not replicas. They're t-shirts that look like football shirts. It's 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 like buying a uh, an Adidas T-shirt that, you know, like a cotton T-shirt that Man U had that year. They're they serve their purpose, and if people like them, and people wear them. Then I've got nothing against that. But yeah, I I, I think in terms of a collectible, I would have them in one hundred and one because I I don't think they're I don't think they are, and I don't think they will ever be collectible. So uh, I'm I'm at the moment I'm a bit fifty fifty right now. I hate them. <laughs> as a collector I hate them I, I don't like them at all I go to Villa Park and I see guys strutting around in their sort of like ASICs 93-95 away with no ASICs logo on and all credit to them they like it but for me oh my god I hate them so much and like Pete touched on I don't like I hate it even more when people iron their own brands on them don't, don't do it if, you, if you're going to buy a score draw there's nothing wrong with it own it wear it enjoy it but I'm going to say that I wouldn't put it into 101 despite that because I think that what they could do is give people an alternative from the actual fake market. So, so the, the average Joe who just wants a shirt that looks like that retro replica, as they call them, if if these guys, these unbranded guys are throwing them out for using Villa as an example, the Umbro era, the Asics era and so on, it's, they're more likely to buy those than they are to go to DH gate for an actual dirty fake. So I think purely based on, from that perspective, I wouldn't put it in. If we were talking purely from a collection purposes, it would go in in the blink of an eye. But... I'm going to try and be balanced about it. And I'm going to say that I wouldn't put it in to help keep fakes out of the market. So will we try and define it then? Will we define, because it's what it's, it's our 101, will we define what room 101 is? Is it a collectible room or is it a general <laughs> uh, use room? <laughs> I think that as, um, as AD spontaneously combusted, maybe we should throw this over for Tom for the, the final say on this one and he's the one who decides well i think this plays quite nicely actually into what we spoke about last week with the the, the patched up templates because it's a little similar but i actually don't mind them i don't have them i don't collect them 
I don't buy them. But like you've both said, they they serve a purpose. You know, they're affordable. They're licensed, at least, sort of, by the clubs. And you know the biggest thing for me that, that I really don't mind about them? I know Pete said it's annoying when you see them listed as authentic shirts, but you can always tell with a score draw that it is a score draw because of the huge score draw label on the inside of the collar. So it's never going to yeah. catch anyone out. It's never going to do anyone over like a, a patched up template would, like we spoke about last week. So I think a score draw is so obvious in what it is it's ultimately down to the, the buyer of it, whether they want it or not. So, I, yeah, I don't think we can put it in. And I think we... And this doesn't mean I disagree with you, Scott. I actually agree with every point you made, but I just think at least it's not pretending to be a football shirt, maybe. Or is it? Yeah. No, I, I, see, what you, I see what you mean. The, the, the difficult thing is, is, yeah, do you... Do we class... Are we... Are we classing the room as, is it a collectible or is it a football shirt? Which I don't think it is, but it definitely serves a purpose in the marketplace, I think. And, and Mike, you made a really good point. I'd far rather somebody buy a score draw than a fake. And Tom, you're quite right. Patching it up is exactly the same as patching a template. You know, don't, don't do that because it'll dupe somebody down the line, but. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's it, you, you've got to think about the greater opinion. Because I think we're all agreed that neither of us would buy it, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't serve a purpose. I mean, to be honest, I've seen some of them beer garden videos at the England games. You, I wouldn't be wearing anything worth any money to any of those games. So maybe a score draw is perfect. You can go get it covered in beer and throw it out after the game. But if, if the camera goes past you quickly, it looks like you're wearing an England shirt. You know what I mean? So... You had you had to get your anti-England dig in there, Scott, didn't you? <laughs> Not at all. I um, I, I think there's I no think Scottish the... beer gardens because we never make the. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think that ultimately, what we always what we end up doing on one hundred and one is what we're going to do now, isn't it? And we would say that we completely agree that people printing them up absolutely goes into one hundred and one from a collection purpose. They're worthless. But then on the other side of it, we wouldn't put them in because they keep fakes off. So I think that we end up splitting one room 101 like we always do and saying part of it goes in and part of it doesn't. I think this, I think I'll make the, the executive decision because AD's not here and I'm taking liberties. They're being saved. <laughs> I think we're saving score draw from room 101. I'd like to do a couple of quick shout outs if that's all right. First up, we've got at my kids kits and his dad, Stuart. If you don't already give them a follow on Twitter, they're doing some cool stuff with kit designs. Uh, and also whilst we're at it, I'll just give Mark on who on Twitter is at Bellissimo shirt and Sean, who is at heavy 77, who have both shared the hell out of the pod this week on Twitter and um, all this feedback and the reviews are invaluable to us. So we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, again, for listening this week. And sod you if you're not. But we've had a really good couple of weeks on here, and it's all down to you guys listening. So thank you so much for all the support. It does mean a lot when we see that feedback on online. So really, truly thank you from all of us as well. And hopefully we'll all see you soon. Up 100, baby. Whoop, whoop.